Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, along with my producer, Lindsay. Today, we are streaming live from beautiful downtown Oregon, downtown Bend, Oregon, and we have Dr. Lee Gross out of Florida today. I am super excited to have Dr. Gross on. He is a pioneer in direct primary care, DPC. As you guys know from this show, uh, we've had a lot of direct primary care doctors on. It is one of the solutions in my book, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. Direct primary care is one of the six-step solutions on how to fix our healthcare system. Um, it's not really, it's pretty simple. It's not a bunch of government bureaucrats. It's basically getting the government bureaucrats out of medicine. And um, that's how we will fix it. Let the free market work. And we're going to discuss some of those things today on pricing in healthcare um, and how Dr. Gross has been a pioneer since 2010 with Epiphany Healthcare um, and just leading leading a, a, a big vision of healthcare about how the free market can work and, and service can be better and prices can be less um, if, if we get the bureaucrats and insurance companies out of medicine. So we'll talk some of that. Um, one of the things I really want to talk about is a couple of weeks ago, we had Dr. Gross scheduled to be on our podcast. And... Um, Last minute, he, he messaged me and says, I'm not going to be able to make it tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, you know, I get it. I knew he's a busy guy. And then I all of a sudden start seeing all these, um, his posts and a bunch of other people um, that were congratulating him because he was one of 20 physicians in the nation that was invited um, by the White House to talk about healthcare policy um, over the next four years. Um, so, Without further ado, I'm going to I'm going to let Dr. Gross take over. Dr. Gross, tell us about that meeting um, with the White House and how that goes. Yeah, sure. So thanks so much for having me, Sean. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so that that is that meeting that we had really was the culmination of of a decade of work in health policy that we've been doing here at Docs for Patient Care Foundation. Uh, one of the things that we realized. Uh, especially in the run-up to the passage of the Affordable Care Act, is that physicians really were not involved in, in health policy. Uh, and every time, if you've ever been you know, lobbying in the halls of Washington, D.C., you'll find that the people that are making all the decisions on health care really have no background or working knowledge of health care. There's never any physicians or practicing physicians involved in that. And so what we did was we created the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is a, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that puts practicing physicians uh, in the offices with lawmakers and helps guide some of these policy decisions. Uh, and I can tell you in 2009 and 2010, we were outside the gates of the White House uh, while the you know, American Medical Association and every professional medical society endorsed a piece of legislation that practicing physicians knew really had no chance of actually solving uh, America's healthcare problems. It really was just a, a toss out to the you know, to the third parties and, and the bureaucrats that really are making a fortune in, in profiteering off of the American sick patients. So fast forward to, to uh, uh, our practice and we realized after, the, after that that the cavalry was not coming from Washington to save us. Uh, and we, we, feel, we realized that we had to fix this problem ourselves. Healthcare is going to be solved locally. Healthcare is not going to be solved in Washington. Health, healthcare, Washington is where healthcare goes to die. Um, but it's, it's going to be solved in, in Main Street America uh, with physicians and, and patients fixing this problem themselves and communities fixing this problem themselves. And so we created our direct primary care practice in 2009. We started in 2009. We launched in 2010. And the name Epiphany, in fact, we had an epiphany. And the epiphany was, why are we insuring primary care? 
Why are we inserting a bunch of bureaucrats and, and third parties in between the doctor and patient? We're paying somebody to administer and, and manage the most basic aspect of medical care. And then we get upset that it's impersonal, uh, cumbersome, and, and very expensive. Uh, but when 70 cents out of every dollar goes to people that are not touching patients, uh, that is a tremendous burn rate that's just not, not uh, survivable. Well, when, when the president was elected uh, in, in 2016, uh, a lot of people that the president put in his health care policy were people that we've come to know over many, many years in working in health policy. Uh, and so when they started crafting the, the, the president's health care messaging, healthcare policy, they really looked to us and said, we love what you're doing. What sort of things do you guys need in order for this, these ideas to, to propagate and to grow? Uh, and how can we, you know, what do you see as obstacles? How can we get out of your way? Uh, and it's effectively in the last three and a half years, we've been working with the White House, I've uh, been there about 15 times, uh, and we're working with the president's team to help create policies that eliminate bureaucracy from the healthcare system. Uh, trim the fat out of it, stop you know, stop rewarding the, the, the middlemen and the, uh, that essentially add nothing to the, uh, to the practice of medicine. And so when the uh, president was, was announcing his, his health plan, you know, we got a last minute invitation to, to stand be, be behind him uh, during that presentation where he featured, uh, it, it wasn't so much a, a bill as it was sort of a, a blueprint and a listing of things that the president and the administration has already done uh, many of the things that we had asked the White House to do, uh, many of the things that were in process and, and sort of a, a grand vision of, of where we sort of see this thing going forward. But I can tell you that, that it rests upon three main pillars. And those three main pillars are improved quality, lower cost, uh, and, and, and uh, better access. Uh, and you know, you, when you have a, a, a government controlled government-centric healthcare system, you can't get those things in that. You can't lower costs and increase quality uh, through that system. Uh, the only way that you can do that really is through a, a free market system uh, where the patient basically is the one controlling their own personal healthcare decisions and their own healthcare dollars and getting other people out of the way. So, you know, typically in... So what, what question did you ask again? <laughs> I just, that's great. You just, I, I, I asked you to discuss your experience uh, uh, with the healthcare policy when you're invited by the White House. So uh, congratulations yeah. on that. And that's just super exciting. And I am just really honored that um, you agreed to be on our show. I, I, I feel, um, you know, I know you're busy and I feel very honored that, that you accepted to be on our podcast. And we, we see the same vision as you. My, you know, my wife and I are both pharmacists and we got out of the third party business in 2002. So we were definitely pioneers in, in that area mm -hmm. um, because we realized that a third party in between, you know, us as a pharmacist and the patient is just makes everything more expensive and the service worse. And I like how and I've, I've, I've had multiple conversations with multiple doctors on on direct primary care or, or healthcare in general when the free market is at work. You know, typically in in any kind of, of business, you know, you would tell somebody, okay, we can give you quality, service, or price and price. If I can give you two of those three. Um, you got to pick which two out of three you 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 can get. Right. But the great thing is about what you're doing, and when the free and the free market works in healthcare, you can get all three of those better. Price, right. quality, and service is better in healthcare when patients drive their own um, 
their own healthcare. You want to expand right. on that a little bit? Well, yeah. So, so, you know, one of the big initiatives that, that you see out of this administration in Washington is, is price transparency. Um, and, you know, and everyone says, well, you can't shop around your heart attack. What are you gonna, you're going to shop around your cancer treatment. Um, and that is not the largest driver in, in healthcare. I mean, I think 90% of, of, of services that, that, you know, people get in healthcare are predictable. Uh, these are things that are not emergencies. These are things that you can shop around. And so what the administration did was they said, you know, hey, hospitals, we want you to pick 300 things and we want to see your prices on that. Just, and, and we're going to tell you 30 of them and then you could give us another 200, uh, you know, that, that you're going to show us on your own. But we want an MRI, we want an x-ray, we want a, a knee replacement, you know, show us your prices on, on what those things, you know, you would think you were asking them to give up their firstborn. Um, you know, and I mean, the lawsuits, the lawsuits that are, that are going on as a result of, of, you know, re requiring these, these companies to show what they're actually getting paid for these services. Uh, but I think what we've done in the course of the past decade is, you know, we noted that, that our patients were expected to shop around in a grocery store that had no prices on it. Uh, you know, when you have your insurance with these high deductibles, you're saying, okay, now go be a good consumer and go save money. That, that doesn't work unless you put prices on things. And so what we've done for the last 10 years is go through and we put prices on everything. And in almost every situation, the prices that we get are less than people with insurance pay for copay in almost every situation, including an MRI. So we were talking before, you know, my patients with, with that have insurance, no insurance, good insurance, bad insurance, they pay $220 for an MRI. That is the cost of an MRI in Southwest Florida for a cash paying patient. And now, if I pull out my Blue Cross card, and this is not, not a slight against Blue Cross because we love our, our insurance. We need it for, for the unexpected stuff. But my price goes up to $500 out of pocket. What are we insuring right. if using that insurance doubles your out of pocket cost for healthcare? Now, it's, I, I just, I love it. So it, before the show, we were talking about this and you know, the great thing is, is that in a free market, um, I, I love it because I talk to a lot of physicians like yourself and, you know, it's, it's cool. It's like a, it's like a thing we can brag about now in the free market. It's like, oh no, really? You're paying $500 for your, your patient are paying $500 for an MRI. Oh, I can get an MRI for 220. And just over the last three or four years, I've seen MRIs go from $800 to $220. And Florida is a, I don't know the market in Florida, but I would think that Florida, it's not like it's. A, a super inexpensive place to live. I don't know. I really don't know, but it just goes to show you how the free market can drive that. Um, I'm guessing one of the reasons why I'm in, in Florida is partly because you're there and you've got, you didn't you say that you've got multiple choices for an MRI like that price? Yeah, we have about eight different imaging centers now in, in I think four different counties that we, that we work with. We have uh, surgery centers locally that will give us bundled cash pricing. We actually now even have a hospital uh, we're the first hospital in the country that has transparent cash bundle prices for patients that have no insurance to have surgeries done. So we're now doing inpatient hip replacements, knee replacements, uh, and patients from all around the state are coming uh, to this hospital, a rural hospital, uh, to have surgeries done. They're driving past, you know, Mayo Clinic. They're driving past Cleveland Clinic to have their hospital or their surgeries done in Arcadia, Florida. Do you mind that? That is an amazing story. I love it. That's a free market at work. And I, I, Lee, you can 
really honestly take a lot of credit for that, I'm sure, because you probably worked with that hospital. You've sent a lot of patients that way, their way, and you told them kind of what your vision of healthcare is. Do you mind mentioning that hospital so we can give them some credit on, on the show? Yeah, sure. It's DeSoto Memorial Hospital. It's a, it's a 49-bed rural hospital in South Central Florida. Uh, it's the fourth poorest community by income in the state of Florida. Uh, and they're located about 45 minutes uh, east of my office here. I'm on the, I'm on the Gulf Coast. Uh, so they're just about 45 minutes inland. And their visionary CEO, uh, a fellow by the name of Vince Sika, uh, heard some testimony I was given for the Florida governor. Uh, and he contacted me and he said, hey, you know, I listened to your testimony. I love what you guys are all about. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, have you ever heard of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma? And I'm thinking maybe we can sort of do some of these price bundles just here in Florida. Uh, so, you know, why don't we work together where we can do something like that? And, you know, Vince and I sat down over, over many meetings and sort of hammered out uh, some pricing and, and logistics and how we would handle it and how the money would flow and, and how it would be paid. Uh, and all of a sudden we started seeing patients coming from all over the state of Florida. You know, we were doing colonoscopy bundles. You know, colonoscopy is $1,100. Uh, <laughs> so the, colon, the beautiful thing about the colonoscopy bundle is it, uh, you know, so if you have insurance you know, and you get a screening colonoscopy, it's free, right? It has to be free if it's, a, if it's an ACA compliant plan. But if they find a polyp, it's no longer screening colonoscopy. It's now a diagnostic colonoscopy and your free colonoscopy is now $3,000. And oh, by the way, you're going to get a $5,000 pathology bill in the mail uh, because they took some biopsies and took some polyps out. Um, that's, that's interesting because in my book, we talk about my wife has a history of colon cancer in her family. So she's had three colonoscopies now. And in our local hospital, you know, right before we canceled our regular insurance, we were going to get get a colonoscopy done because we want, because it was covered, right? right? Now this makes some sense. Cause yeah, it was covered. All right. Dr. Gross, it was $5,000 and we had to pay 3000. Yep. Um, but it was covered. And of course, fast forward five years later, we found a cash um, colonoscopy, 1100 bucks, all inclusive. Yeah. So the, the $1,100 colonoscopy that we have includes the, 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 the surgeon, it includes the anesthesiologist, it includes the hospital facility fee. And it includes all the pathology, so you never get a surprise bill in the mail after the fact. Um, yeah. Beautiful. So, so this hospital – go ahead, Dr. Gross. Yeah, so after a couple of years of working with this hospital, and I think this community was used to seeing patients leave the community because, you know, you certainly can't get quality care in a small hospital in a rural community. But all of a sudden, you're starting to see patients coming to this hospital from all around the state of Florida, and people are scratching their heads and saying, wait a second. Why are people from Fort Lauderdale coming to Arcadia, Florida to have a, a, a hip replacement? Um, and you know, the community starts to talk. Uh, and the perception of the hospital within the community starts to change. And we now, instead of having outbound flow, we now have inbound flow into this rural hospital. And the rural hospitals are, are suffering across the country. We've lost over 100 hospitals since the pass, passage of the Affordable Care Act, uh, largely due to the regulatory burden placed on these hospitals. But, um, you know, so... If you it can improve their margins by three percent, five percent, that that's a, makes the difference between opening and closing your your doors. But what we did is we took this another step and we said, you know, your your health plan for your employees. Why are you giving so much money to to Wall Street? Uh, why are you sending so much money to the, to to these large? You know, they were already self funded. It was a self funded health plan, mm -hmm. but they were self funded. And they had to rent a network. From one of the major insurance carriers that was their served as their third-party administrator, easily a forty percent 
markup on services because you're processing it through a major insurance carrier. Uh, and so we sat down, we brought down a, a health plan broker by the name of Carl Schusler out of Atlanta, Georgia. We sat down and we redesigned their, their employee health plan. Uh, and we gave the employees more options. So they could choose actually the direct primary care. Uh, that was an option. If they chose that, then the hospital would pay for it for them. Uh, or they could stick with their doctor and do all their usual stuff with their standard co-pays. And we eliminated all the co-pays for, for all the services. So if the employee had anything done at the hospital, it was free. If you have an MRI, it's free. If you have a, 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 a appendix removal, it's free. If you have a CAT scan, it's free. If you have blood work, it's free. There's no copays, no deductibles, anything at all. So we remove barriers. And then in the design of the plan, essentially the formulary is what Dr. Gross says you need. Um, whatever I say as the direct primary care doctor is covered, period. No questions asked, no no prior authorizations, no. They they say, why, are my, why am I going to hire somebody else to oversee my physician? Um, that doesn't make sense. You know, we, we trust our physicians. And so one year into that plan, uh, we saved the hospital $1.2 million, which was a 54% reduction in their health plan costs. Uh, we reduced the specialty consultations by about 60%. We reduced ER visits by about 30%. We reduced the employees' out-of-pocket out costs at the time they received their health care by 30%. Their premiums were reduced by 20%. And in year number two, the hospital actually, when their stop loss carrier looked at their claims history, gave them a reduction in their stop loss uh, rates. For the second time in the history of that company, they lowered a company's uh, insurance rates. So that's the skyrocketing cost of healthcare in my world. We've been at this for a decade and the patients in my practice pay the same thing they do today as they did 10 years ago. Skyrocketing it's, it's, cost of healthcare. Right. It's a free market at work. It doesn't have to go up all the time. When we look at, you know, when we look at the cost of services that have traditionally gone up, it's services that are normally paid for by usually government insurance. But when you look at services like LASIK eye surgery or breast augmentation that are cash services, you know, over the last 20 years, the service has gotten better and the price has gotten less expensive. It's it's amazing. And the, the quality has gotten better. So that's yeah, what happens. You can do a buy one, get one on Groupon. I mean, it's... I know. You know I know. You, right? you, yeah, you hear that with eye surgery. It's like, first one's 250 and then you get the next one free or something. Right. You whatever. can upgrade a lens for ninety nine ninety five. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right. And I know... You know what? We're talking about this. You know, we're talking about this jokingly, and some people think that we don't take healthcare seriously. It's like you, you know, oh, it's it's not a commodity. We 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 shouldn't sit here and talk about pricing being inexpensive. And it, but I honestly believe, Doctor Gross, that we're it, quality is there. I mean, we're talking about good quality stuff, just like you're talking about the hospital. I bet you the hospital's quality from all those people going coming in from the state, they had to keep making those people happy their quality probably went up. I don't know if there was any um, metrics they used to, to, to look at that, but their quality probably went up because they're like, wait a minute, we've got a big, big influx of patients. We don't just have a monopoly on the local market here anymore as the only hospital. We've got patients come in from all over the state. We'd better give good service and better quality at an affordable price. Yep, and that was a fascinating conversation that we had because they went out and they bought Egyptian cotton sheets for the bed. Um, you know, they were so proud of it. They had balloons in the room and they hired a, a private duty nurse for one-on-one -on -one nursing care for the patient, that, the, the first patient that went in. And I was like, you know, just out of curiosity, what does Medicare pay you for this? And he's like, oh, about the same thing. And I'm like, well, why don't you do Egyptian cotton sheets for the Medicare patient? He's like, because the patient, you know, Medicare doesn't go, come down here and stroke me a check before the surgery. <laughs> right. Um, <you> know? <laughs> yes. 
right? Uh, and that's what I've often that's what I've often said is the problem with medical care, mostly when a third party's paying for it. You know, whether you're a hospital, a doctor, or a pharmacist, if that patient's not paying the bill, honestly, and I'm not, I'm not. This is not. I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but it's just if that patient's not paying the bill and a third party is, the third party's actually the customer. Right. They're the ones paying the bill. So who are you going to really make happy? The third sure. party. You're not going to make the patient happy. That's just the facts. I mean, I really honestly believe that. You want to comment on that? Yeah, no. So if if the person that's paying the bill and the person that's receiving the care, if their interests don't align, who wins? You know, so if if I'm if I'm a physician and I'm employed and I and I'm working for now an accountable care organization, uh, and I think something's best for my patient, but the accountable care organization says it's not, and, they, and I can't do it. Do you think the patient gets the care? No, they don't, um, because the patient's not the one paying the bill. Uh, you know, it, it's it's once you see it, it's hard to unsee what's happening in our in our healthcare system. Uh, and I, I, I've just, I've learned so much in the past decade that, that, uh, frankly, I just, you can't go back, you know, once you unplug from the matrix, <laughs> you just can't, uh, you just will never see it the same way again. Right. So let's, let's move on to a little bit different topic. Um, you had a wonderful post on your Facebook a, a few days ago about pre-existing conditions. And I liked how you termed it. You know, we hear about it all the time. We hear about it. Um, it was probably talked about maybe at the, at that, uh, um, White House event that you were at, but we hear pre-existing conditions and, and, um, you know, it's not a medical term. It's an insurance term. Will you, will you just expand on that? Yeah, so there was never a class in medical school that we took on how to care for pre-existing conditions. Life is <laughs> life is a pre-existing condition. Once you're born, you have a pre-existing condition. It's not a medical term. It's an insurance. It's an insurance phrase that is used by middlemen that's designed to deny coverage. But I think one of the things that we very clearly learned is that coverage is not healthcare, and 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 having coverage is not a guarantee of access to healthcare. Uh, and in fact, many times the coverage itself is the barrier to care. Uh, and so I think one of the, the, the things that we need to make very clear is that everyone has a pre-existing condition. Every, and in medicine, we call that a past medical history. Uh, what we need to find out how to do is not how to cover those things, but how to pay for those services. Uh, and you know, what our approach is in, in, in direct primary care is let's take all the routine and predictable things and making them affordable for everybody. So let's just start by making the basic access to healthcare for every single American, every single human being in this country, uh, and make it cheaper than your cell phone. If, if we could start there, we probably would save $2 trillion over the projected costs of, of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, everyone would have access to, to your, your basic healthcare services, uh, as opposed to the ACA, which has spent trillions of dollars and still left about 16 million people uninsured. and and the people that are insured can no longer afford to access the healthcare. They're afraid to use their cards because the, the surprise bills are going to get from them. So that, you know, the, the pre-existing condition issue largely does stem from government policies. Uh, you know, it goes back to the, to the second world war where they, where the government put price caps, wage caps uh, on, on what they can pay employee employees. And so in order for companies to attract good workers, they had to add benefits that did not fall under the wage caps. And so they started adding health benefits, uh, which, which did not fall under the caps. So they could start paying people more. Well, what's the number one reason why people have pre-existing conditions? They get sick and they can't work. Okay. If you're, if you're, 
if your health coverage is tied to your employment and you can't work, then you've lost access to healthcare. Now, if you have to change jobs, you now have one of these pre-existing conditions. So what if you owned your health insurance? What if you, what if you owned your own policy? What if it stayed with you? Uh, what if we didn't have to insure basic care and didn't need an insurance product for people to access routine services? Those are the ways you solve these pre-existing condition problems. Uh, is you eliminate the, the need to use insurance for them, and then you make that insurance portable. So the types of policies that this administration is putting in place is, is encouraging people to have their own insurance owned by them. They're giving the individuals the same tax breaks as the employers uh, would have to incentivize them to have their own, their own plans. So you're telling me, rewind, um, boy, that was a lot there. Thank you, Dr. Gross. So you're telling me that healthcare can be affordable for every individual American doesn't necessarily have to be covered by the government or paid for by somebody else, but every single American can access basic care services for the Cheaper price of a cell, cell phone, phone for the Cheaper price of a cell phone a month. Okay. Yes. Let's expand on that and explain some of the numbers of what traditional healthcare insurance costs versus what that would cost. Yeah. So just this morning, the Kaiser Family Foundation released their new their new costs for a family of four to have a PPO through an employer-sponsored plan is $22,000 per year. That's for the coverage. $22,000 per year. A direct primary care membership through our practice for a family of four is $2,000. Okay, so the difference between the coverage that doesn't necessarily give access to care uh, versus the actual care that most people need is about $18,000 per year. It's almost almost two hundred thousand dollars over a decade. That's a home. That's a home. Um, and so, you know, if you're paying a mortgage payment, five mortgage payments every month just towards your health insurance, your coverage, and then you still have a two thousand dollars to a seven thousand dollars deductible that you have to meet, you're still paying full price for all your healthcare services, and you're making a mortgage payment, a car payment. Uh, Worthy. And so, you know, what we were talking about before and what my friend, Dr. Chad Savage, who's a direct primary care doctor in Brighton, Michigan, talks about is that, you know, historically we think of insurance as a hedge against the calamity, but it turns out the insurance itself is the calamity. Every single year, you're, you're guaranteed to pay that. Um, now, I'm not bad. I'm not anti-insurance. I'm, I'm very much in favor of insurance. I have insurance myself. I just don't use it for routine care. Uh, I have homeowner's insurance. I prefer not to use it to mow the lawn. I have right, right. car insurance. I don't use it to, you know, I don't use it to fill up the tank and change the oil. Uh, that would be silly, but yet that's what we're expecting our health insurance to do. So we're using our insurance wrong and, and we're paying for it. We're paying for it with our lives. We're paying for it with our livelihoods. Uh, and it's breaking the backs of the American businesses and the American workers. Now, back up a little bit. I, I, that's, that's so true. I mean, I echo you 100%. And, you know, on the, uh, the issue of, you know, I, I, I blame a lot of these, what's happened in healthcare. You know, that's why my book is called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. Because you're right. A lot of the government rules of what is, is what has caused it. And you're right. Back up to the 1940s when, you know, FDR put a cap on an, a cap on wages. So there wasn't wage inflation. And you're right. Employers started offering health hospital insurance really it was started out of hospital insurance it wasn't for your routine doctor visits and stuff like that initially it was just for the the calamity 
And now it's became everything. Um, and that's one of the issues and why it's so expensive, but it doesn't have to be because like you say, those basic coverages like you're talking about are, are very affordable. And, and a lot of people just don't understand that. So how do, backing up to that hospital in um, Arcadia, so how do they get around the fact that they have some insurance contracts? How do they offer, don't some of the insurance companies squawk when hospitals offer discounts to cash patients? Can you, I don't know if you can, you, you know those details or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't specifically say how this particular hospital deals with those issues. I mean, I do, would say that most patients that have insurance do use their insurance for hospital-based services. Uh, it's really probably the, the sharing ministry patients uh, that, that come in and pay cash or the actual uninsured patients that come in and pay cash at those facilities. But I will say that there's a legal, there's a legal option. So for example, the imaging centers, uh, there's a, a, a law called HITECH, H-I-T-E-C-H, HITECH, and I think it was from 2013, that basically allows the patient to, to non-disclose to the insurance company uh, and pay cash. Uh, and so a lot of times you'll have a provider that will say, well, no, I have to, I have a contract with an insurance company. I have to build the insurance company. And the patient actually can say, I forbid you to disclose this to my insurance company. Uh, and by law, the provider can't disclose that information, can't build a third party. Wow. What is that law called? High tech, H-I-T-E-C-H. A lot of people don't know about it, but you, know, no, you, can, that's you, interesting. Can, sign a, you can sign a waiver uh, that basically, you know, uh, forbids the, the 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 people from billing insurance for it, so you pay cash for it. Wow, wow, that's 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 an amazing. Um, I, I will have to check into that. I want to educate our our viewers and listeners about that. Okay, one more question. I know you're busy, and then we'll let you go. Um, you've got a great story about. I love the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. I love Dr. Smith. I respect him so much for what he's done in the area of free market medicine. And I, he's just a pioneer. And I, I think the great thing is, is I think you can, you can really think, um, you know, some, some of the hospitals like you're talking about in Arcadia, the DeSoto Hospital, um, you know, Dr. Smith really was a pioneer in that area. And a lot of times those hospitals that have done that, they see what Dr. Smith is successful at and they try to model that. And we've got one of those out in Washington and I think they're going to start popping up all over the country. And the beautiful thing is, is, you know, you might think that Dr. Smith looks at him as competition and, and um, you know, oh, well, you know, now I'm going to not have enough business, but he, he's, he's happy for them because he is a true free market guy. And he knows the more that that happens, the better it is for all of us. Yeah, no, he, he thrives on that sort of stuff. And, and <laughs> I can tell you that when we were trying to set up these surgical bundles, Dr. Smith was gracious enough to, to do a conference call with the leadership of this hospital and sort of go through some policies and protocols uh, to kind of help them create the bundles. Uh, again, he, during his time, and Dr. Smith is, a, is an idol of mine. And sort of since we've gotten to know each other, we sort of formed this mutual admiration society where uh, we just kind of sort of sit back and watch each other work and, and appreciate it. But he and I did get a an opportunity to, to co-manage uh, a patient together. Uh, if you got a minute, we can just tell the yeah, story. Yeah, please. That's what I was going to ask you. That's yeah. where I was going. Yeah, please tell me that story. I love it. So so Dr. Elena George is an ear, nose, and throat surgeon in Atlanta, Georgia, and she does mission work in Antigua in the Caribbean. Uh, she went down there and she diagnosed a patient with thyroid cancer. Uh, this patient did not have health insurance. And in San Juan, which is where you go to the Caribbean when you have a, a medical issue, uh, they wanted $100,000 to remove her thyroid. 
So Elena George contacted Keith Smith and said, hey, you know, can't you do the surgery for a lot less? And he said, I can, but the problem is, is the patient's for a thyroid surgery needs about six months of preoperative, postoperative medical medical management. They need medications, they need imaging, they need they need an endocrinology consult. And so Dr. Smith picked up the phone and called me and he said, Hey Lee, Florida's a lot closer to the Caribbean than than uh, Oklahoma City. Do you want to work with, together? She'll come see me. And so the patient did. She came from the Caribbean. She got a, a, a medical visa to come to the United States. We worked her up, we got her the endocrine consult, the imaging. Uh, we worked with, with Dr. Smith's team in Oklahoma City, the surgeon, the anesthesia. Patient flew out there, had surgery, came back. We managed her. Uh, so all of this, all included, everything included was $10,000. So at $100,000, the, the story is I'm going to die of thyroid cancer. At $10,000, it's we're going to hold a bake sale. We're going to go around the community. We're going to raise some funds. We might put some stuff on a credit card. But at $10,000, you know, it, it's doable. Uh, Absolutely! Wow. And so That's we've actually so had we've actually had sort of inbound medical tourism to the United States for quality, affordable healthcare. How many times have you heard that story? Right. I've never. I mean, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. And really, um, you know, when you think about that being affordable, that's over. That's really over a six month period or so too. So right. she had some. You know, it, I don't know how you guys work the finances, but you know, six months, ten thousand dollars over six months is very affordable. I mean, you right. know, especially so. with the, if the coverage now is twenty two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, many, exactly. How many times do you need your thyroid removed? Well, yeah, so. and never coverage doesn't equal care. So, right. um, how long if that patient had insurance coverage? How long would it have taken them to get into somebody? And and you know, like you said earlier, and I love it is, and I love to educate our viewers and listeners about this is that, um, you know, insurance is often. An, a barrier to access. I mean, period. I think most often it is, um, you know, rather than you, equaling care, it equals barrier to care. One last recent story is a patient, a uh, new patient to our practice. She was seeing a urologist on the other side of the state for two months. The urologist was fighting with the insurance company to get a CAT scan approved to see if she had a, a kidney stone. She was having bad abdominal pain, denied, 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 denied. And so finally she had had enough and she came across the state established with me and I said, well, why don't we just order a stat CT scan and pay cash for it? She had it done within 30 minutes of leaving my office. Um, got a, a phone call from the radiologist. The patient had a stone, gave her some medication, and the next day she passed her stone. So, and one of the price of the CAT scan was, was $175. So, and she, when she found out it was only $175, she was furious that she waited two months to get this thing done because she was thinking thousands of dollars, right? You know, I can't afford it. And so we're, tra we're trained yeah. that we can't afford this. Right. Afford so it. I, I got it. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but you know, and especially your doctor colleagues, but so can you explain why that doctor didn't say something? Why, why couldn't he say, Hey, look, does he not know that she could pay cash and not go through this process? I, ex can you expand yeah. on that? I honestly don't think most people know. I mean, I think, you know, again, until I got into it myself, I had no idea. You know, I see the hospital bills just like you do. They're thousands and thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, and you think, my God, thank God I had insurance. You know, and then when you realize, wait a second, I was paying $22,000 a year for insurance uh, so that I could pay $500 for a $175 CAT scan. Right, right. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you weren't living it, you'd think this is this is that I'm making this stuff up. Uh, but I don't. I just don't think most physicians even it's even on their radar to know that this is a possibility. 
Well, and I got to think, and I know, I know we're, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at this, but I got to think too, because of, um, you know, you've went off and you, you know, you've done something different. Obviously you're very cost conscious and I got to think too. So, you know, the prices of stuff, I got to think too. That's also why when direct primary care, when you started partnering with that one hospital, their costs went down so, so substantially is because doctors like yourself that are working with them, you know, even though everything was kind of free to the patient, they weren't having co-pays for anything um, because you guys know what things cost then you weren't going to just do something that was unnecessary or that was going to be super expensive. So that's just another example of, you know, if you let the physician and the patient make those decisions, costs will go down. Um, you know, even if, you know, I, I appreciate that story because even if the patient is not paying anything because the relationship they have with a doctor like yourself um, is, is, is driving that. Can you comment on that? Yeah, so, so essentially by removing the bureaucracy and removing the layers between the doctor and the patient, it allows us to, to expand and build upon that, that trust. Uh, and in all the reforms and everything that you've seen happening in the country, the two people that have been left behind by every single one of them are the patient and the doctor. Uh, the reforms all benefit everybody else, but the patient and the doctor are always the ones left behind. Well, what we do is we broke the mold and we said, we're just going to go ahead and rebuild this around that doctor and that patient. And if it doesn't expand or if it doesn't enhance that relationship, then we don't need it. We don't want it. Uh, and so that is effectively what we did. And so we're not rationing care for our patients. We've made it free to them. And then we've improved the access between the doctor and patient and improved that decision, that dialogue. And by me now not having to spend so much time fighting bureaucrats and filling out paperwork and coding and, and filling forms, I now have more time to, to interact with my patients. So I now can prevent referrals to specialists, not because I don't know how to do it. It's I didn't have time before. Now I have right. time to do it so I can prevent those unnecessary surgeries, those unnecessary tests. Uh, and the patients know that they can get in to see me, they can contact me. So we don't need to do things. We can actually have an opportunity to sort of watch and wait and, and try some, some treatments first before we start you know, randomly ordering tests. And I think they just appreciate that. And there's a, a level of trust there. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like, just like in the old days. Um, I love it. I love it. So Dr. Gross, thank you for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. You are a true visionary and true pioneer in direct primary care, but just um, healthcare financing, healthcare um, pricing and transparency. And I love it. And I think that, I think that doctors like yourself are going to be the future of healthcare. I really do. I don't think it's government bureaucrats that are going to fix the problem. It's doctors like yourself. So I appreciate you working with the Trump White House and um, other politicians just to make healthcare affordable to, to all, which is a good, which is is possible. Healthcare is affordable for all. We just talked about it today. Um, and guess what? It doesn't necessarily include the government. It includes the government getting out of it. So Dr. Gross, thank you so much for being on our show. Um, tune in Monday because we have another direct primary care physician. You probably know of him. Um, Dr. Gross, Dr. Sean Hampton will be on our show and he'll be talking specifically about how he likes um, educating patients about lifestyle medicine and how he can help patients um, change their lifestyles and not need so much medical care. So stay tuned. Uh, Monday, 1 to 2 p.m., Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. You can catch us every Monday, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and our midweek podcast at 8 to 9 9 a.m. every Thursday. Catch us live on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube page and your favorite podcast forum. They'll that'll be available a couple days after each episode. So iHeart, iTunes, 
SoundCloud, your favorite podcast. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any episodes. I appreciate you being on, Dr. Gross. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. (laughs) 